0: So I've been, um, reflecting a bit, uh, around, uh, motivation in practice and, uh, what keeps one motivated and how to let go of those difficulties we have that, uh, sort of hinder us from our own motivations, uh, around the good things that we know in our life that are good for us and, uh, those things that are more difficult for us or, or things that we can incline towards that are not so helpful for us. The Buddha uh, talks about these kind of things often with right effort. Um, those are the ways that we are able to um, encourage wholesome dhammas, wholesome qualities in our lives, and wholesome qualities in our minds, um, and then how we learn how to sustain those qualities. And it also, um, the Buddha talks about how we uh, can, when we find um, that there are unwholesome qualities, we, we know how to prevent them from arising in our mind. Uh, and when we, when they do arise in the mind, we know how to dispel them and to keep them at bay. So it's both that encouraging of the good and our ability to prevent uh, the unwholesome, the negative. The Buddha also uh, talks about um, certain qualities that we can have in, in our practice that you know, there, there are elements of our practice where we can notice that there are things that are, are quite beneficial for us. Um, and we like doing them. We have a preference for doing them. We enjoy doing those things. But there are also those, those things that we know are a benefit for us but they're difficult for us to do. They're they're hard to encourage within our, our own experience. And so, you know, we know they have that benefit, but it's hard to get the motivation to uh, encourage them in ourselves. Those actions of of body, speech, and mind that are helpful for us. And then on the flip side, there are those things that we know are unbeneficial for us, have a a negative result. And for some of those things, we don't really like doing them. We don't, um, you know, we don't uh, actually do those things. So we might find that um, poison oak is a very unpleasant thing to experience. but we don't have a problem with uh, not picking up poison oak leaves and rubbing them all over our bodies. So we, That's not so difficult for us to, to prevent ourselves from doing. So we don't like doing it, and, uh, and the result is not good. But then there are those things where the result is not good for us, but we enjoy doing it. <clears throat> we enjoy doing those activities that we know are unbeneficial for us. A lot of people complain these days about their activities with um, their screens, their devices. Um, I, I often like the fact that these things are, you know, like uh, cell phones, smartphones are called devices because they're very close to vices. It's just a couple of uh, letters away. And um, anyway, these things can be quite uh, enjoyable for us to partake in, um, but yet they can have detrimental effects on us, negative effects. But they're very hard for us to prevent ourselves from partaking in because we enjoy them so much. So I've mentioned these four things. It might become very obvious to you that those things that are, have a negative result for us and that we don't like doing or they're not really a problem for us. We don't have to do anything about them. We don't like doing it. They have a negative result. Well, they're not going to really come up for us very much. And then those things that have a beneficial result that we like doing, again, we don't have any problem. There's no motivation in needing to do those things. This could be like something like uh, doing yoga, And we enjoy doing it. It's not difficult to motivate ourselves. Um, So we do something like that. Other people, they might see there's a benefit in doing something like yoga, but it's very hard for them to motivate themselves. But for those things that we, we really like doing and have a benefit, then we don't have to really put much energy into that at all there's no um no need, but it is helpful to note what is beneficial and unbeneficial for us and even if it's easy sometimes uh, for us to do those things, we might prefer them or like them. It's still good for us to note that it was helpful uh sort of give ourselves a pat on the on the back or um, to enjoy that, that preference when it's beneficial or, or to know that it's easy for us to relinquish something or, or not, it'd be more of a know what's not good for us and then not do it because we're not really interested. But it's these two other qualities that are helpful to be extremely aware of every day of our lives, uh, every, every hour, every minute if we can, those things that are beneficial for us, but we don't like doing them. And those things that are unbeneficial, have a detrimental result, but we like doing them. <coughs> and basically uh, our dhamma practice comes down to, do, to those two, two things. Because it's our our preferences that often get in the way of uh, of whether we uh, receive a benefit from something or or it's more of a danger for us. And so, most of our practice, I find, is is just learning how to motivate ourselves in those in those two directions, uh, to motivate ourselves to not do those things that are unbeneficial, uh, and to motivate ourselves to do those things that are difficult for us to do that are are. Uh, A benefit. So for, for, for all of us, I can, I can ask you what, you know, what, what are these things? What are these things for you that are personally difficult? What are the things in your lives that are a benefit for you, but they're, they're, they're very difficult for you to motivate yourself? And sometimes tricky to figure out how to do so, how to do something like that. Often for us it's drawing a a specific boundary. um, But how to do that sometimes is is very difficult um, because it, it comes from developing good habits, habits that lead us in a good direction. And eventually when we develop habits, um, even if they're for us to do things that are difficult for us, when we do them repetitively, they take a lot less energy in our mind to motivate ourselves and we're able to stay with them. The encouragement that we need to, to give ourselves is, is less and less and we find that it becomes easy, possibly not enjoyable, but much easier for us to do. And so in our, in our spiritual life, this is, this is probably one of the most important elements to, to work on. In fact, I can, I can see um, no other thing that's, that's more beneficial than this because the nature of our own motivation and how we deal with this within ourselves is through knowing those two qualities of what is wholesome and what is unwholesome. And if we know what's wholesome for us, if we discern that, then that's where that that's where wisdom come from comes from. It's for those people that are confused about those qualities, that don't understand them, that aren't sure. Well, what's good for me? I don't know what's good for me. I'm not really sure. I don't know what's bad for me. That's from a place that where punya doesn't exist. Like somebody who. takes drugs or alcohol and they keep having negative effects but they they continue to do it and for some of those people they might see the harmful effects others might just think that doesn't matter or they don't see them at all so without that then we can't even have a motivation to do anything so the first is to really discern what, what is helpful what's beneficial Or what is a detriment, what is harmful to us. And once we know those two things and we figure them out, we keep guiding our mind in that direction, then we can understand, well, how do I motivate myself when I don't want to do those things that are beneficial for me and how do I motivate myself when I I do want to do those things that keep harming myself? and if you've if you've really figured this out honed honed it in honed it down to a a skill in in one's life then there is really nothing one one can't do so for a lot of people they ask about well how do i you know this this comes up a lot in in terms of uh, just the, the formal side of practice, how do I motivate myself to meditate? You know, it's just it's much easier to kind of do all of the things that are um, that I kind of like doing, or I just keep myself busy, or there's so much I have to do, there's no time. But that's not that's often not the truth. Uh, the, the fact is, we we often are are, are avoiding it, are avoiding. Uh, encouraging our mind in, in terms of um, spending some time on the cushion, or doing some walking meditation. There's that the, the old saying we've heard that the only... Um, people will often say, oh, I had a really bad sitting. You know, my mind was distracted. And, but that's actually not true, is it? It's not necessarily a bad sit when we, we spend a whole hour just thinking... So I, I quite enjoy that, um, that statement that the only bad sit you had is the one you didn't do. So Motivating ourselves to just sit on the cushion, motivating ourselves to get out on the walking path or do standing meditation, whatever it is, when we, we want to take that time for um, internal solitude, a sense of quieting the mind, being quiet with ourselves and just that motivation to to do that and then spending some time with the mind cultivating samadhi cultivating concentration or bringing about uh a sense of good qualities within the mind that's that's what's most important because eventually it just it starts to click that this is, a, this is a benefit and we see the benefit and we could be very much motivated by that. So the key is just encouraging ourselves. How do I do this thing that I, at times I just don't want to do? So Ajahn Chah often talked about, you know, his, his uh, very short statement on that was, you know, when you don't want to meditate, you meditate. When you do want to meditate, you meditate so it's just that that kind of motivation we can have in our mind and mostly where i find um this motivation comes from is an internal dialogue it's a um it's really a, the way that we talk to ourselves that um gets us to be motivated towards those things that we either of course want to do that um or sorry don't want to do that's a benefit or those things that we have to give up because we like doing them but they're they're harmful for us and so this this takes some the time to develop that skill you know and how do we speak to ourselves how do we motivate ourselves what do we say to ourselves often we need to to as the buddha teaches us think about the drawbacks of not doing something that's a benefit for us we can list them. Oh, when I don't do this, I have a lot more anger in my mind. Or when I, um, if I, if I don't meditate, then it's, um, yeah, I can get snappy with other people and short tempered, or, um, I, I feel unclear and, and just kind of scattered. And we can remind ourselves, Oh, I really enjoy peaceful, that peaceful sense. And we might say to ourselves sometimes, oh, well, but I just think all the time, it's not really that much of a benefit, it's just a waste of time for me. But for someone who says that, they're, they're not really seeing even the benefit of just, of just motivating ourselves towards peace. There's, there's a greatness that comes out of that, a goodness that we can see within our own mind. but it's the it's the qualities of of renunciation that are that can be difficult for us at times when we see the benefit so uh, yesterday i was um, these are often just seeing certain qualities that we have in our minds that uh, are unbeneficial for us, but we keep going in that direction we keep moving in that direction so i w- I would just give an example of this yesterday that um, or it was the I think it was yesterday. That's right. We had a concrete pour, and it was the day after Wampra. We got up; several of us got up around four thirty or earlier, um, to four in the morning, and then uh, came down to the cloister and and we uh, we got together and we started working on a um, a concrete pour. And I could see that uh, the thing that that happened was it it didn't go as as I had planned, which it never does, does it? especially something like that. But um, actually anything never goes according to plan. How, you know, how could it? Because no matter what we plan, there's always some minutiae that's, that's always going to be different. And so as we expect this, then we can, we can work with that and just see how it's not really a benefit to plan so much or to put our heart into those plans or to at least see that something's going to be completely different, disappointing, difficult to deal with. And yet, we can motivate ourselves in those situations and say, "Well, that's that's what the Dhamma is for. That's what the practice is for. For understanding, for learning about the fact that if it was all going to work out perfectly, then there there really isn't any reason for this practice at all. Wouldn't make sense. <clears throat> it's not how the world works." And so, just starting out with that that uh, that sense of how we 're thinking about something that 's going to occur it's it's very helpful for us. We can relinquish that holding on to plans and holding on how something should be anyway the 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 person who was dealing with the concrete pumping was late by about forty five minutes they got lost um, then the pump didn 't work. Um, concrete truck came late and uh and then we couldn 't get the concrete up. And all of a sudden, it started working and and that was it it was It was quite a fast paced job there wasn't a lot of us working together very easily and well and um, and yet, when the job was done, um I saw the bill from one of the people we employed, and I thought, "Oh that doesn't seem fair. We got charged for this that was extra and that and charges for the time he was lost. And I signed the bill anyway because I didn't feel it was really uh, exactly the correct thing to to do was to to um, argue or, or to get into a discussion about it. It was already made up anyway, the bill, for the hours and everything that occurred. But I could see in my own mind that I couldn't let go of it, that there was something... Um, I wanted to say something, either call out the manager of the company or the owner and um and say, well, this, you know, everything was was okay with the, the work. Um it turned out okay, but I think we were overcharged for this. And so I really had to work in my own mind to see that, oh yeah, this is a tendency. I wasn't able to let go of this. And so I, I spoke to other people. What should I do? Should I call them? Should I not? And yet, I knew the benefit was just to let go of it right there. You know, there's a, a fair amount of money being spent, and this was squabbling over, um, rel- a, you know, relatively a, a small amount compared to the, the bigger picture. Um, but it was that sense of unfairness that I couldn't let go of. You know, I I told the guy to meet me in a certain place. He didn't meet us there. He got himself lost. He was late to begin with. On and on the mind goes, blaming, a situation, there should be justice. And yet, in the back of my mind, I knew, well, just letting go of this will be so much more of a benefit. And it will increase the possibilities in the future of being able to let go of these things more quickly. So we can think of these things for ourselves that when we're able to just say, no, that's, that's it, I'm, I'm letting go of this, I'm not going to continue on this line of thinking and when it comes up then we then we're very clear with ourselves we know that it's a detriment for us to to continue on and so it's it often can be a lot easier when we draw that boundary when we make that decision to let go but of course i have to see that that benefit to begin with i have to see that this is not going to be helpful the proliferation around something the compulsion to continue thinking about it, the inability to let it go. And it's very easy, like uh, for myself, that's a a tendency that I can see. Uh, It's a defilement that I can see, this kind of uh, repetitive thinking about trying to figure out what is the the best way to move forward with something, and knowing that the best way to move forward is just to let it go. And yet the mind doesn't want to do that. And so that internal dialogue is very important in this case. It's very important to be able to to talk to ourselves and say, actually, this isn't helpful to keep thinking about this. And sure, there are wrongs in the world. There are things that are problems. And you know, what's it really going to do to talk to a manager about this? Is it really going to be a benefit? And so we can kind of argue with ourselves well, of course it is. Yeah, it's going to help out their company and all feel justified. And well, there goes the plans of the perfect situation, the good conversation. It's likely not going to happen that way. But what happens when I let go? Proliferation stops the endless cycle of me and mine and my views my opinions justice righting wrongs all of that takes so much energy and i can believe that it's a benefit for me i can believe that uh you know when i when i sing the song of justice you know when i Correct things when I make things right, when I have that conversation, set things straight. But this is just this is just a view, and uh, it's easy to talk myself into that view, um, and and much more difficult to talk myself no, it's not going to work out because the mind is holding on, it's squeezing at that view it's there's pressure to keep proliferating keep the story going so when we figure out how to how to talk to ourselves about these things when we figure out how how to let go what our, our motivating ourselves is um, then it can be a an enormous skill that's um it's like having a, a, a tool belt on you that, where you, you have all the tools you need. You don't need to go searching for them. They're right there. Um, and you don't need to remember what the right tool is to use because you have it. That's your skill set. And so, so figuring out how to uh, talk to ourselves in these situations, talk ourselves out of what is a, a detriment to us, is, is just incredibly helpful on the path. You can think about this with any challenges you might have in the monastic life. Uh, some of the monks, Samin Arizmugarkas, will will talk about the, you know, the fact that they've they've cut out so much sensuality, and then the food becomes very difficult. You you go in, and as much as you try to maintain mindfulness, you come out. and You're like, wow! I, this bowl must weigh like five or six pounds now how did that happen i started with such a motivation to to take the right amount or a motivation to take the right things the things that i know are that are helpful for me and on the mind goes but you know in a situation like that we the buddha uh talks about you know reflecting before during and after um He's, he talks about that with speech, but you can apply that with, with any kind of activity. Really, really questioning, uh, is your mind set up to deal with uh, the defilements as they're arising in a particular situation? And you can ask yourself before that happens, are you ready? Are you present? And then while it's happening, while you're engaging in activity, you're asking yourself, is this, is this still wholesome? Is it beneficial And when it's not, it, it can be very difficult to let go, but if you're aware of that while it's happening, it's just so much easier. And then if you've developed these skills of how to talk to yourself, no, this isn't the right thing to take. This isn't... Um, or you might you might see something, let's say, like with food. You say, oh, this is, this is the favorite thing I have. Oh, I'm so happy they made this, or whatever it might be. I don't see that very often. I'm going to take more of that. When this comes up, it's just a frequent possibility that this might arise. And then you might say to yourself, Well if I if I take more then this is going to be increasing my greed. If I take less, then I increase my sense of generosity, sense of renunciation, and that would be good for me, that would be helpful. And sometimes it's very difficult because these these actions are theres there's a bit of pressure, you know, something like taking food uh, as a monastic, you're kind of trying to move quickly. Um, but it's still a skill that can be that can be used. What's the benefit? What's helpful here? We can think about this with our um, how we take care of our cabins, our our robes. So, like with our our robes, you know, we we uh, often make our own robes. Our first set of three robes we have we're we're required to make if we want to ordain, and then often we'll be repairing them. But it's possible to become lazy with that and um, not put those repairs in, or or if we have a, a cabin, the same thing. Even with that, our kutis, our huts. We can see something's wrong, but, oh, well, it's just my temporary dwelling. I'll move somewhere else later. don't have to take care of that or fix that or tell anybody about that. But we can ask ourselves, what's the benefit of having that attitude in our own mind? Because that will translate into how we meditate. It's just the lazy mind, the, the mind of cutting corners. And so if we're not aware of the fact that certain attitudes that we're carrying are are actually a great detriment to us, um, then unfortunately they can weigh upon us over the years and become stronger and stronger. And we don't see them at all. We just act out of what we think is the thing that I like to do. I like doing it, so it can't be bad. Because I like it. So living as monastics in a monastery, it can be it can be easy. We can say that to ourselves around the schedule. I don't like this schedule. I wish it was more like this. I wish it was more like that it's one of the more more common complaints that comes up in the mind but sometimes uh as as Achinyaniko was encouraging in in his talk recently he was, talk, he was talking about the doing those things that are difficult to do but you do them you just go forward with them and you can see uh in your own mind when you've when you've really uh honed that in the the potential that that has because there's that resistance and you know, well, this actually would be beneficial for me to do. I don't want to do it. And for some of us, you know, we need to see, we need to discern what, what's a uh, benefit and what's not. So a, a perfect example of this is the, the the late night sitting, the vigil that we have once a week. And there are some monks who Whenever it's optional, like myself, I'll take that option. And actually, when it's not optional, I still take that option. Because over time, I found it it just wasn't helpful for me. But one of the benefits that can be had, even even if we see, like, well, yeah, I don't feel very healthy in, in body or mind afterwards, you can see that that um, that sense of doing something that's difficult to do, even just doing that, you know moving forward with that, that also can have a benefit so we can see that there are some benefits gained in a situation where there there might be some other detriments. But with that quality, um, I can see and I, I I very much admire those monks who continue that practice who uh, tend to to do the all night vigils in a way you have to you have to psych yourself up you have to get ready for it and prepare yourself because the the tendency um the tendency can be as the nights wearing on it's just this isn't worth it this is exhausting this is difficult this is painful and so for me seeing the the monks who consistently do it over and over again um I don't I don't think uh when I see them oh it's just easy for them that's why they do it and or um you know they like it or they like torturing themselves or whatever it might be I'm more like oh yeah that's quite beautiful behavior admirable behavior And so this this kind of thing can come up with uh you know, we're doing these work periods that are, are much more difficult this year. I was just talking to a former monk um, who's coming back here in about six weeks, former Gambiro um, Rob Hayes, and uh, we were talking about the work we're doing, and he said, yeah, it's been, it's almost always in the morning we're not, we're not really doing afternoon work much at all, except for, of course, the activities that we, we tend to do in our monastic life. But um, or certain responsibilities we have. But I said, yeah, in the morning, it's it's actually, some of it's pretty heavy labor. And I said, yeah, I think for the Black Rocks, we moved 700 concrete bags. And those people were able-bodied. Um, they were still very tired, and, and it was difficult work. It wasn't all at once. And it took place over several days, several times that we did it, but it's a lot, 760-pound concrete bags. So what happens when the mind is complaining, and, oh, this is too much, and this isn't what I signed up for, I can't do this, not another day, or I won't do this again what is the attitude we have towards those those thoughts are they helpful for us do they benefit us and often what happens in these situations or any situations in our lives is that we we explode them into the rest of our entire existence life is awful i'm not going to be able to deal with this i can't deal with this this is too much um and we start to fight and uh, with this, this sense of this is reality. This is how it is. Work periods in the morning, impossible work periods for infinity. And it can feel like that. It can weigh on the mind like that. I won't do this. I can't do this. This is too much. These other people aren't working or they're not working as hard as me. And we start to disparage others. And these are, yeah, these are all activities of the mind that we, we need to see. Like, what's the benefit here? And how can I calmly talk myself out of it? This is just difficult today. This is difficult right now. I don't even know what the afternoon's going to be like, or maybe this will be the best actual activity of the day. Who knows? Might be in the hospital in a couple hours. Probably because of this work. Well, whoops. No, it's okay. So we try to try to really take care of the mind, take care of the... As uh, Ajahn Seek was talking about this morning, mindfulness will bring us happiness. It's helpful for us. It's a benefit. Really watching our mind, having an awareness of the mind, But that requires this encouragement, this goodness, this encouragement towards goodness, encouragement towards the wholesome. And we keep working on that. No matter what the odds are, no matter what the difficulties are. Trying to remember that the the, the difficult sit, the difficult experience we had, is it's just that. There is no need to project it into the future. There is no need to... Um, believe that we're going to be in the same mood now that we have within us, you know, a couple hours later 30 minutes later we can often be in uh, situations with people where we just think, God, this guy oh man I cannot stand this other person and we can hold that attitude for days weeks months months even even years be that same person often that person is ourselves because that's what we hold that same attitude towards so again we're we're learning that skill of how to motivate ourselves I mean think about somebody else who we have difficulties with. We think about their own suffering, their own dukkha. We try to bring up their good qualities. We remind ourselves of those. And we keep bringing up this skill of what is the correct way for us to to keep ourselves on track towards the wholesome, motivating ourselves, even when we don't want to, when we want to fall easily into complaining Fall easily into those um, patterns, those habits that we just like doing so much that, that don't uh, don't benefit us. We know if we extend these patterns out for the rest of our life, they're gonna they're gonna be very harmful, and they definitely won't lead towards liberation. And of course, you know one one of the things that's important in this kind of motivation is to to be very kind to ourselves, because it's easy to sometimes motivate ourselves based on anger, aversion. And I find this is probably the best way to to talk about how the the Buddha encouraged us not to torture ourselves. And the middle way is is not towards indulgence. Um, nor is it towards, as the Buddha was talking about, like mortification, torture. And while we do do that sometimes uh, in our physical actions, it's often in the mind that we're torturing ourselves. You idiot, why did you do that? Why did you say that? I can't believe you said that. That was just so stupid. When are you going to get it right? Why do you have to keep making all these mistakes? In the Thai tradition, um, that voice is often personified. It's like the voice of the defilements, and some some of the monks in the Thai forest tradition will personify them and and speak to them. Like, well, when have there it is just desire? When when have you ever helped me out? You're there, constantly encouraging me towards those things that I don't want to, aren't going to be a benefit for me. They're unhelpful. You keep talking me into it over and over again. When have you really helped me? You've got me into trouble over and over again. So coaxing, so easy to listen to. And yet it's one problem after another if I listen to you. So, whatever it is, whatever benefit, beneficial way we figure out is uh, to to speak to ourselves, to motivate ourselves towards those things that are are difficult for us to do, but we know are a benefit. Then um, we keep moving in that direction, and we find uh, how we can talk ourselves into relinquishing those things that are a detriment, uh, but we want we're you know, we're so tempted by them. That's the the these incredible skills that I find are so important in our practice. So these are some encouragements just to reflect upon over these days and nights that are relentlessly passing and encourage yourselves in understanding the Dhamma and benefiting from it and honing in on, on those those ways, uh, those experiments you can take uh, with learning these skills of uh, really how to motivate yourself in your own internal uh, speech or internal dialogue so that you can really gain a great benefit from the Dhamma and eventually be released from uh, all suffering. You won't.